I want to speak this morning on the fall of a great preacher. If you have your Bibles, you can turn, please, to Matthew chapter 26, verse 74 and 75. And most of you can figure out who that great preacher was, none other than Simon Peter, the lead of the 12 apostles, the spokesman of the 12 apostles, a pillar in the early church. Have you ever thought about it? He may have been one of the greatest Christians alive during the time of Jesus Christ. And yet he fell. He fell deeply into the sin of denying the Lord. Not once, not twice, but three times. And as we'll see in our text, even cursed and swore. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Our Father, I do pray today that first and foremost we might realize that if Simon Peter this great preacher fail. There's not anyone here today who could not fall into the pit of sin, discouragement, depression, and defeat. I pray secondly, Lord, that we might see his forgiveness, his revival, and his recovery, and we might realize there's no one here today as a child of God who cannot, through the grace of God, recover and be continuously used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I want you to think about Simon Peter's favor. He was a favored and blessed fellow. First, because he was called in Matthew 4, 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Can you imagine? Jesus personally called this man of God, Simon Peter. Now you might think, oh, I wish he would call me. Are you saved? Then he has called you. The book of Romans chapter 1 says we are the called of Jesus Christ. Now we all know Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it is a fact that before we would ever call upon him, he calls upon us to come to him. We are just as favored because we too have been called. But then he was committed. In Luke 18, 28, then Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. Jesus did not correct him. Simon Peter was no shallow soil hero, folks. Now, I know he was impetuous and he was impulsive and he was always putting his foot in his mouth, but Simon Peter was a very committed child of God. In Luke twenty-two thirty-three, 33, but Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you 
both to prison and to death. He meant what he said. And the proof of it is when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, John 18, 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. Simon Peter was ready to do battle for Jesus. He was ready to die fighting for the Lord. He was committed. Now, I share that because I have seen some very committed Christians fall. Now, I know there are a lot of people that say they're saved and aren't saved. I know that. But let me tell you, there are a lot of sincere, dedicated, committed Christians who have served the Lord and loved the Lord that have fallen. Have you? And then the third thing about God's favor upon his life, he was close. Now, you know there were 12 disciples. And you know, uh, most of you know, there was an inner circle of the 12 disciples. There were three that just seemed to be especially close to Jesus. Who were they? Peter and James and John. It seemed like they were included on some things the other disciples weren't included on. For example, Jesus took them to the house of Jairus in Mark 5 when he raised that daughter from the dead. Those three were there to see that. Jesus took Peter and James and John to the Mount of Transfiguration where they saw a glimpse of the glory of God and tasted what it will be like when he will come back in all of his glory. What a mountaintop experience. And Jesus took them to Gethsemane and said to Peter and James and John, they were a stone's throw away, the scriptures say. He said, watch and pray with me. I have seen not only called Christians, I have seen not only committed Christians, I have seen Christians who have been so close to Jesus. I've seen Christians that have had daily quiet times. I've seen Christians who have loved the Lord and been so close to him and heard from him, and yet they fall deep into sin. Secondly, I want you to think about his failure. What led to his fall? What led to this great man of God falling into sin? Because the same thing that led into his falling into sin can lead into our falling into sin. So watch out. First of all, he failed to be humble. Do we realize, do we really realize how important it is to be humble? Read your Bible and you cannot help but realizing it. In Matthew 26, 33, when Jesus said, to his disciples, now you're going to all stumble because of me, referring when they would come and get him to be tried. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never stumble. Do you not see the pride oozing through there? It's like Simon Peter says, well, yes, Lord, these morons, they might, they might stumble, but not me. Not me, Lord. Pride. Proverbs 16, 18 said, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before what? A fall. 
James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When I was a kid, I used to watch Star Trek. I'm talking about the original Star Trek. And their spaceship was the Enterprise. And you know, that Enterprise never was destroyed. Let me tell you why. They had an invisible shield. I mean, they could push a button or speak to the computer. Shields up. Now, you couldn't see it. It was invisible, but it was real. And this invisible shield would surround their spaceship, the Enterprise. And when the enemy shot their missiles at the Enterprise, they would never touch the spaceship. They were protected by the shield. Now, here's what I think. I think God will put a shield of protection around us. It's called more grace. But we must be humble. And when we become prideful, it's like the shield is let down and Satan's fiery darts can get through. Be ever so careful to be humble. He failed to be. Secondly, he failed to be prayerful. Matthew 26, then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter, isn't it interesting? He said to Peter, because he knew Peter was especially under attack. Someone saw me a while back, got out of my car and they said, why aren't you smiling? I said, I'm under satanic attack right now. I don't think some of you have any clue the kind of satanic attack your ministers sometimes face. And you face heavy satanic attack too. I know you do. I'm not belittling that. Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and what? Pray lest you enter into temptation. Luke 18.1, men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. I remember counseling for many months with a very dynamic pastor. Every church he ever pastored just grew like everything. And he had, he had fallen into uh, sin, into adultery. And um, he wanted me to talk with him uh, after all that took place. And uh, here's what he told me. He said, Jack, it all began when I stopped having my quiet time and my daily Bible reading. He said, as long as I was having that daily, I stayed close to God and spiritually alert. But when I let that begin to slack up, he said, Satan set me up and he knocked me down. Be prayerful. And then see, he said, he failed to be careful. What do I mean by that? Well, remember Jesus said, watch and pray. Maybe I should have put watchful. If I do this again, I think I'll put, he failed to be watchful. Jesus said to watch and pray. The Bible says in Luke twenty-two fifty-four. 54, and this was, you know, just before he denied the Lord, uh, the rest of the disciples fled. John ended up being at the cross somehow or another. But Peter at least was kind of following close to Jesus as they took him to the first mock trial. And, uh, but the Bible says he followed from a distance. Don't ever do that. 
The book of Romans tells us, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Some of you remember uh, when I pastored here the first time, and there was a family here known as, their name was the Harbin family. Now, Bill Harbin lived almost right on Wolf River. And he knew Wolf River, I mean, like the back of his hand, and he set out trot lines, and he fished. He would catch the biggest catfish you'd ever see. And I got to lead Bill to Christ and baptize him, and, and he asked me one day, he said, Preacher, you want to go catfishing with me? I thought, I have a ride for sure. If Bill Harbin wants me to go catfishing with him, I said, yes, sir. So we met at his house, and then we began to walk through this tall grass and through some woods toward the river. Now, folks, I grew up in the country. It was water moccasin territory. I couldn't believe it. And he was just tromping right through there. And, you know, I was lagging behind. And I said, man, I'm glad you're walking in front of me, Bill, in case there's a moccasin in these weeds. He says, oh, preacher, don't worry about that. said, usually the first person just wakes them up. It's the person lagging behind that gets bit. You should have seen me. I was like his shadow. Don't lag behind. There's a serpent that'll bite you when you do. And then he kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, and Peter sat down among them. He should have been with the other disciples, being encouraged and strengthened, not surrounded by unbelievers at that time. The Bible says, Do not enter the path of the wicked, for they do not sleep. Hear this, unless they make someone fall. We're not to be more holier than thou, don't get me wrong. We're to love the lost folks, and we're to witness to the lost folks. But friend, don't you ever draw away from other believers in the Lord because there's a way we can encourage and strengthen one another. And then my favorite part, my third point, and that's Simon Peter's forgiveness. His forgiveness. First of all, and I love this, he was personal. Remember, the, the women were the first to see the resurrected Christ, right? They were the first ones. And so Je Jesus, the angel of the Lord, tells them, go tell his disciples and look at this. Have you ever noticed this? I read it many times before I noticed it. And Peter. Jesus still loved this man as much as ever. He knows Peter is, is depressed. He knows Peter is defeated. He knows Simon Peter feels like I'll never be able to be used by God again. It's all over. And the angel of the Lord who shares the word of the Lord says, you go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee and there you will see him as he said to you. Folks, when you fall, God still loves you. He still loves you. And he still is calling you. He's a great God. I mean, he's all-knowing, okay? And he's all-present. And he's all-powerful. But folks, every hair on our head is numbered. He deals with us personally. Isn't it awesome? And individually. And then his forgiveness was thorough. How many times did old Simon Peter deny the Lord? 
three times. And so when Jesus confronts him in the last chapter of John, three times he asks him, do you love me? Notice the first time. Now, what did old Simon Peter have first and foremost? Pride. Sometimes the beginning sin that leads to us really falling. He said, now, these other guys, yeah, they may deny you, but not me. What was he basically saying? I love you, Lord, more than these others. So what is Jesus asking? He's getting him to confess his sin. He says, do you love me more than these? And Simon Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He doesn't say, yes, I love you more than everybody else. He asked him a second time and now a third time. Now remember, Jesus told him, you're going to deny me. Satan has desired to shift you like wheat. And Simon Peter said, nope, not going to happen, Lord. Wow. You ever try to tell God, watch what? You ever think you're in control? Remember Simon Peter on one occasion when Jesus spoke of the cross, he, he had such audacity that he took Jesus aside and rebuked Jesus for talking about going to the cross. I, and I know none of us ever try to run our own lives. None of us ever try to uh, tell God what ought to be and what ought not be in our lives, do we? And so now he's going to deal with that the third time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, now here it is, Lord, you know all things. I don't know all things. I acted like I did, but you know all things. You know that I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. And then lastly, his forgiveness was successful. How do I know? Read the book of Acts. Just on the day of Pentecost, Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And that day about 3,000 souls were saved. I'd say his repentance and his forgiveness and his restoration was successful wouldn't you God wasn't through with him God used this man though he had fallen deep 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 into the pit of sin would you stand with me and pray for a moment Have you ever fallen? Now, we've all fallen, but have you ever really fallen deep into the pit of sin so that you were so discouraged, you were embarrassed? Maybe other people knew about it. How would you like to be Simon Peter? It was recorded in the Bible. You ever feel like you can't be used by God anymore? He doesn't love you anymore. Let me tell you, that is the devil's lie for sure. He is a, an accuser of the brethren. And yes, when we sin, there are consequences to that sin. But one of those consequences is not condemnation. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The Lord will convict you if you're his child, but he will not condemn you. Jesus took your condemnation on the cross of Calvary. So please, 
by the grace of God, hear him calling you personally today. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The slate is clean when you confess it. Walk away from it. Don't hold over your head something the Lord has forgiven and forgotten. He remembers our sins no more. And then get back on track serving God. Paul summed up the Christian life by saying, I fought a good fight. I don't know of any great fighter that hasn't been knocked down and knocked down hard. But the reason they were a winner is because they didn't stay down. And we have the greatest cause in the world to fight for, the grace of God, the love of God, the salvation of souls. Get back up get back on track. If God would have you to make a decision for him publicly today, please come as we sing this invitation. If you are a Christian and uh, you have fallen, maybe you're in the pit today. May you hear the word of the Lord and be encouraged. And if you're lost, like Kathy shared earlier before she sang that song, if you've never had the Lord's touch of salvation and forgiveness of sin, realize he died for you on the cross. He took your pain. He took your guilt. He took your judgment so that you might be forgiven and saved. Would you come forward today and say, I trust Christ as my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.